Hello, fellow kids, and welcome to episode 55 of Hello, Fellow Kids, the podcast where we read and discuss books written for people half our age. My name's Mara, his name's Josh, and we were going to be talking at you for the next, what, hour and a half? Wait, this is a graphic novel episode, so maybe just an hour. Yeah, like like 40 to 45 minutes, and then us just kind of rambling about what other things we're reading until we reach the one hour mark, because I feel guilty releasing anything shorter than that. Aw, that's nice. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd be like, you'll take what we give you and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why they don't have that many subscribers. <laughs> Alright, so this, uh, the book we are reading this time around is a first for us, cause this is the first, uh, webtoon adapted book that we've, uh, picked up. I don't think I need to explain what webtoons are, cause I'm sure all of you knew about them before me. <laughs> but, uh, the one this week is, uh, week. Yeah, we do this weekly. No way. <laughs> this month is Hooky. By Miriam Banastre Tour, I think. It's a Spanish name, I think. So I did the best I could. I'm sorry if I butchered it. It's a very nice name. All right. How did we feel about the book this time? Eh? I don't know if you're asking me a question or what. Uh, no, it, my, my, did I like it is a resounding eh. It's okay, I guess. Yeah, I just need the, we need to like have like a soundboard and then one of them is like Randy Jackson from the 2000s on American Idol going, it was just all right for me. It's like, <laughs> that's how I felt. Um, I, I mean, I read it in the book form, but I did also look up the webtoons version and, and like glance through a couple chapters that way. I think I might have liked it a little bit better in that format because the chapters are done as one, like, long scroll comic, and that changes the pacing of it just a little bit, um, and also how the, the panels are arranged, and I think that might be a little bit better suited for it because, like, that's how it originated, but I just wasn't a huge fan of it. I thought the art was mostly cute. The color uh, palette was nice. Um, I thought that it was... There was kind of a lot crammed into uh, very small spaces in a way that made me not really feel like I was... I don't know. Despite there being a lot of information on each page, I didn't really get too much out of it. Yeah. Um, I looked at the review. I always look at the reviews when I don't like a thing that much. Like, I did not dislike this before anyone gets really offended in their heart of hearts because this is their life. Because people who love this... Love this. Yeah, yeah, but, don't, um, uh, listener Lily who suggested this, please don't unsubscribe. We do still have positive things to say about it. Like, I don't know if it's just, like, I'm not really a Webtoons, like, manga kind of person, and that's why I wasn't that into it, or I'm just old, so. <laughs> I mean, you do have a few years on are... me, but I am a manga person. Okay, so I can't even... I can't even say that. No, I had such a problem with the pacing to the point where I'd be like, wait, what just happened? And I have to backtrack. And when I looked at the reviews of someone who gave it two stars, which I think is a little harsh, but I mean, that's their perspective and they're they're entitled to it. But um, uh, the, the two star people were like, I don't I didn't know what was going on half the time. I had to go back and be like, OK, what? And that's kind of how I felt sometimes, particularly if I didn't really understand what the art was communicating. Like, I didn't even get that Danny killed the dragon. 
I, I thought it just was like too heavy for the rock and it fell and then like took some of the rock with it, which I think might have made more sense than like she killed it. I'm like, how? She didn't do anything. Did she do something? I don't remember. I'm not backtracking for that. I just, <laughs> just kind of like kept reading and it was really hard to recap and I just found stuff more annoying having to recap it. So I'm just going to say these notes get a little um, salty, but overall it was like a three star experience, which as we've discussed before, three stars aren't the hateful thing that some people seem to think it is when they are reviews, just because you and I don't just throw out everything as five stars. It's like, I liked it. Five stars, you know? Yeah, for sure. So that I'm. It's so funny though. I thought you would like eat this up with a spoon. So I was like, this is going to be an awkward episode where like you love something so much more than I do. Cause when any, when anytime that happens, I always feel kind of bad. Like how much you loved, um, crap. I can't remember clockwork. And like, I liked it. I liked clockwork more than I liked this book, but I still felt bad for it not being like a transcendent experience or whatever. Like it was for you. You know, like it didn't hit me in the feels quite the way it did for you. So I just uh, felt weird. I get that with, um, (laughs) we'll follow. No, I was actually going to move away from the podcast for a second. Um, there's a film that came out. Was it earlier this year or late last year? Um, who knows time anymore? Right. I, it's called, um, everything everywhere all at once. And that did everyone loved that. And you weren't one of them. I no. Here's the thing. I really liked it. I gave it okay. like a four and a half out of five stars, but I still felt weird only giving it that only in quotes because everybody's just like, this is the most like life changing thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, no, it's really good. I'm not saying it's not good. It just wasn't transcendent for me. And then I still felt bad about that, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think you need to because you're you're not saying that it isn't or like. This is overrated, or I think you guys just haven't seen enough movies. If you think that, 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 that you know, like right. putting it on everyone else, why it isn't good? Like you're you're not taking anything away from them, or trying to. So I don't think you need to feel bad. Just like I don't want to take anyone's joy away from liking Hookie. Yeah, we're not here to yuck your yum. Oh no, not for this. I'll yuck your yum sometimes if your yums are real bad. But <laughs> if, if your yum is prepped. <laughs> I thought, I didn't know you meant the title of a book for a second. I thought you meant preps. So I was just like, oh my god, Josh. <laughs> are you skipping the pep rally to smoke under the bleachers? What the fuck? <laughs> Goths for life, man. Preps. <laughs> <laughs> Do kids even still use that word anymore? Uh, I don't think so. I think it was already, like, on the way out when I was younger. Good, because it's so stupid. Yeah, uh, anyone younger than mid to late 20s who, if they, if you listen to this, are you out there? It's okay. But, um, if you are, like, what do you call the popular group of people in school who always wear, like, the latest fashions and always look like they just got their hair cut and there's never like a split end in sight like what are those people called are they called preps let us know <laughs> at <laughs> hfkpodcast at gmail.com okay and that's actually appropriate because this is kind of a school story not really uh, it was gonna be <laughs> and, and they missed the bus <laughs> as, as you do i've missed the bus before 
And um, you just completely changed your entire life plan? No, I could go home to my mom and tell her I missed oh, the bus and okay. she'd be pissed, but I wasn't frightened of her. Um, yeah, uh, the book about two little witch children. Cause I just realized we didn't really say what anything about what this is about. Two little witch children. Uh, one is a little girl who has kind of like this Wednesday Adams, but in petticoats kind of vibe. And the other boy has, oh boy, well, dopey short pants that boys wear. And then I call it a Colonel Sanders tie. It's, it's the, not great. The little ribbon tie thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Colonel Sanders tie. I, it got, every time I see it, I go like, no. So, yeah. And they miss the bus and then, like, hijinks ensue. But should we get going with the real synopsis? Uh, Yes. Go for it. Yeah, let's, let's get going. <laughs> okay. So, uh, we begin with a frantic race to catch a school bus. Relatable. We've all been there. But our main protagonists, Daniela and Dorian, are witches. Daniela whips out a broomstick to overtake the bus, but Dorian stops her. Apparently being witchy out in public is a big no-no. So the bus leaves without them, taking all the other witchy children to a magic school so mysterious and secret that no one knows the exact location. They figure this school year is a wash, since apparently going home and telling their parents what happened is out of the question. Red flag. So, instead, the kids make tracks to their Aunt Hilda's house. Hilda looks like she bathes in the blood of virgins to keep young and beautiful. She, I'm sorry, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, she's got strong uh, Elizabeth Battery vibes. And I'm sure I just completely butchered the Hungarian pronunciation of that woman's name. Okay. So uh, Hilda only agrees to take the children on when they flatter her beauty and talents. So their first lesson is clean the library. This is like when my parents suggested playing the quiet game. <laughs> Dorian discovers a spell that makes the books arrange themselves neatly. Daniela is unsuccessful replicating the spell, and books start whizzing around haphazardly until Danny flies them out of danger on her broom. I think we know who the nerd and the jock are in this book. <clears throat> their, next, their next task is a little more exciting, but, well, I'll just tell you. Hilda's got a teenage boy tied up in her dungeon and claims he's an enemy of witches and the kids need to transport him to Azkaban or whatever. Does all this count as one red flag or can we split that into two flags? Um, so the kids do as they're told. <laughs> they arrive with only a little bit of struggle as Dorian isn't very good at flying. This floating rock prison has dragon eggs roasting on an open fire, which intrigues Dorian. But uh, you're not the Khaleesi dude, so come on. Uh, the teenage boy is locked up, but once his gag is loose, he warns uh, Danny and Dorian that uh, the witches have some evil plan. They're just setting into motion, and the kids shouldn't trust anyone. He's silenced before he can divulge anymore, which sounds like they killed him, but I think they just yelled, shut up, and like, he did. So like, okay. Um, um, Danny is offended by the boy's claim that she and Dorian aren't like other witches. They aren't pick-me's. Witch solidarity. Um, Dorian, meanwhile, steals a dragon egg because, I don't know, he's 12. All the witches flip out and fire their wands at the kids when they try to make their escape on the broomstick. Uh, in the struggle, Dorian drops the egg, which is just beginning to hatch, and it's devastating to him. But on the plus side, the attack stopped. Uh Oh, then once they're safe, the broomstick snaps in half. So the kids end up on a midnight train going anywhere. They I didn't meet know this a juvenile was the musical episode. 
this is how I got through it. Um, <laughs> they meet a juvenile delinquent named Nico who almost takes Danny's head off with a soccer ball. He recognizes them as the kids the local soothsayer Pendragon has been looking for. Uh, Nico used to assess Pendragon, but dropped out because I guess being a nuisance on public transport is more fun than doing magic. Okay. Anyway, at Pendragon's house, they're welcomed with open arms as well as tea and cookies. He explains that they've witnessed the plans of the evil witches that consists of kidnapping princes, illegal breeding of magical creatures, and abusing magic in order to live luxurious lives. These witches want to go public, breaking their centuries of secrecy. Pendragon wants to take these witch, uh, take these witches on and train up Danny and Dorian to fight by his side. The kids are more occupied with their food, but agree in a lukewarm fashion. Again, they're 12. Uh, meanwhile, the evil witches confront Hilda about the kids attempting, attempted egg snatching. She's been bankrolling this adventure, so it's not like they did it on her say so. Mellow out, losers. The witches leave her huffily threatening to speak with her brother. Hilda still doesn't care. Uh, anyway, it's a new day, time for training. Pendragon suggests they clean. Ah, oh, man, they already know this one. <laughs> <laughs> Pendragon suggests cleaning, uh, suggests uh, using some cleaning magic, but when Danny tries, she starts a fire. Never mind, we'll clean the normal way. Uh, Nico pops in and gets Danny out of cleaning because he's got a mission. His toy plane accidentally blew into a local cafe, and the mean proprietor and his bully son won't let him get it back. Uh, Danny sits up at an outdoor table, trying to figure out what to do. A teen boy waiter takes her order, but she's so surprised at being taken for a customer that she randomly orders something gross, so he'll leave. Danny remembers seeing a spell for repairing objects. She figures that if she fixes the broken plane sitting on the shelf in the cafe, Nico can just fly it out with his remote control. And the spell turns the plane huge, and it flies out of the cafe and nearly knocks Danny over. The waiter pushes her down, saving her life. Danny thinks he looks like a prince, but then he goes and demands payment for all the gross desserts she ate. The proprietor berates the boy since Danny nearly died because of something that happened at their cafe. Wait, there. The waiter is Mark, Nico's bully, the son of the proprietor. Nico, you liar. Anyway, the plane's back to small size, but it's still broken. Dorian safely repairs it, and everyone cheers for Danny. Dorian is so confused. Now the narrative shifts to Princess Monica crying because her fiancé, William, has been kidnapped by witches. But Monica's sick of crying, so she pulls herself together and decides to rescue William herself. So she packs up, takes some palace guards with her, and hops a train. Um, a lady on the train suggests she go see Pendragon, and wow, I can't believe how much business this dude gets from commuters. Anyway... He <laughs> didn't even put ads up. It's just people are like, hey, oh, you have problems? You should go see this douchebag. That's not but true. Anyway. He did put ads up. Just not he did? for that part. Oh, all right. We'll, well get to it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the princess is flinging sacks of cash at anyone helping her, so Nico wants in on that action. He gets his own small fortune and the, uh, then takes Monica to Pendragon. Pendragon advises her to stay at his house, and she happily agrees since she likes the kids and their pet kitty cat. But then Dorian reveals that he's been raising a fire-tongued frog because the thing randomly belched flame or whatever. Uh, the princess realizes that they're a household of witches and has a shit fit. The guards draw their weapons, but Dorian takes the magical stand and orders everyone out. The princess interprets this as a threat, but Danny steps in and points out that the princess and her men have been the main aggressors here. She and Dorian and Pendragon want to stop the evil witches. We're all on the same side. The princess mellows and decides to stay so long as Dorian and the frog stay away from her. That's fair. 
The prince, princess's guardsmen grumble, but uh, Nico remembered enough magic to brew up a memory erasing tea. Between him and Danny, they've success, successfully de-escalated the situation. And that's the first six chapters. Yeah, this is a, like we said, this is a very dense. And, like, all of that occurs in less than 70 pages, which, as far as, like, as far as this style of graphic novel storytelling goes, that's, like, super crowded. Like, yeah. If these were, like, larger pages, if, you know, if it was, like, um, like an old school, you know, 50s comic book, those pages would be, like, jam-packed with material and stuff, and it would make sense. But with this style, which is more cartoony and more manga-esque, usually the storytelling is more decompressed. Um, and so it, it's, it's a little bit of a strange read as far as that goes. So, yeah, so I, I, I mentioned that Pendragon did put up advertisements because he says, you're finally here, you took your time, didn't you see my signs? Because in at least two spots earlier, there are little billboards that he put up that are like, looking for apprentices, help wanted. Oh, he meant literal signs. I thought he meant like, I thought he meant like magical, like harbingers that they didn't notice. No, he literally just put up. But like literal signs? Yeah. That's lame. I do like his design, though. Like, I like the, the like, stripes in his beard and the, like, the black with, like, orange accent of his outfit. Oh, all the characters are fantastic. Like, their design. Yeah, their Like, all are... of them are so cool. Yeah. Yes. She, she she did so awesome with that. And um, also, like, associating a voice bubble color yep. with each character was very helpful, I yeah. found. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, there were things I liked about this. Yeah, and I don't think that the, uh, I don't think that the color-coordinated speech bubbles are in the Webtoons version, so that was something that, uh, they got a letterer to help with this version, and, uh, that was a phenomenal choice. Oh, look at you looking into that. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, good, I'm done, and, like, toss it aside. Like, I think I would have liked this more if I hadn't had to, like, you know, pay attention and keep notes and, like, analyze and, you know, if I could have just consumed this as it was meant to be consumed, like popping candy or popcorn into your mouth while just enjoying a thing. Yeah, like, if this, like... Completely valid. You know, like, coming in, you know, a couple times a month and being like, I'm gonna check in on my friends and what sort of wacky adventures they're getting into, and you just scroll through that on, like, your break between classes or something. Um, Like, I can totally see how that would be, like, really exciting. Just mainlining 400 pages of this in a couple of days uh, and taking notes for it is not not the ideal experience. <laughs> yeah, I did it in um five days, I actually. I finished a little early. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I was just like, okay, I was fine enough reading it, but now I have to go back and, like, read through it. And I'm like, I'm annoyed by it now. Or I was mildly annoyed before, but now I'm really annoyed <laughs> now. <sighs> but anyway, yes, this is a very, I feel like if this was, like, traditional manga, like, just these six chapters would have been the first issue. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even read manga again. That's probably going to come up a lot. Oh, I gotta say that, like, the whole time I was reading this, the part of why I don't like it is I knew exactly what their anime voice would each sound like, and it started getting on my nerves. <laughs> like, Danny would talk like this! Like, that kind of, like, shouty child girl right. voice. And right. then it'd be a grown woman as Dorian going, Danny, we need, we're in danger! Like that. And then Nico would sound like Joey from fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! 
like that horrible fake New York accent for no reason. Just because I'm a tough guy. I Mark mean, Mark just like some milk toast, boring. Like you have to be careful. You know. Well, I was gonna say like, Mark basically is pretty much just Zuko's design in season three of Avatar. So they would just they would just get the voice actor for Zuko. <laughs> and Monica would sound like this. So that's. I knew it. I was just hearing it in the, those voices in my head, and I was like, uh, uh, this is what kept me from anime for years. It's just the voice acting was so bad. Like, I, maybe it's better now. I don't know. I did not like it when I was younger. When I was a kid, I didn't notice because just all animation just kind of sounded that way. But, like, a lot of the cartoons I liked when I was a kid was dubbed anime. I had no idea. Yeah. Until I got older, and I was just like, oh, what? Because I go looking them up, like, oh, what was that show I watched? I'm like, that was anime? That was anime? Like, I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I was probably in my early 20s when I connected the dots and realized that Pokemon was an anime. (laughs) Right? Like, I didn't think about it that way, because it was just, it was just on, it was on after, like, Animaniacs or something like that. And, like, Jackie Chan Adventures and stuff, so. yeah. That's what they did on Nickelodeon. They kind of like hid them in there. It wasn't like some like special anime hour yeah. or anything. Um, uh. And I don't really watch anime, uh, but I do think that the voice acting is a bit better, if only because they have a much larger pool of voice actors that they pull from now. Like, yes, there there were like twelve people who did all the voices for all the anime for a good like fifteen years. Yes, like like back in the nineties. Yeah, there wasn't that many, so they. Not to disparage anybody, maybe there were some good ones, but it was bad enough to put me off, especially the annoying female voices, where I was like, we don't sound like that. And like, I got kind of offended on our, like, like, my behalf, I guess. I was like, hey. But, um, yeah. Are we ready for the next section? For me to talk for another 15 minutes? No? Yeah, I mean, like, hold on. Oh, I like that the cat's name is just Cat. Yeah, it was very breakfast at Tiffany's of them. There's a, uh, there's also, I think there's, I haven't been there in a long time, I think there's a subreddit about cats, and people just post pictures of cats and just title it cat, and the only thing you're allowed to respond with in the comments is cat, and if you add any punctuation or any other words, you get downvoted to oblivion. Oh my god. (laughs) So it's just cat, 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 and that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Yeah, no thank you. The internet's weird. Yeah, yeah it is. Y'all need hobbies, myself included. (laughs) Okay, yeah, go for it. Alright. So, the next morning, Dorian and Princess Monica come to a hesitant sort of truce that's interrupted by Nico's bullshit. He dicks around on a broomstick, and he's even here because he's decided to take up his training again. Uh, Nico's randomly antagonistic towards Dorian, and when he gets physically violent, Danny uses magic to stop him. At first, they think she made him disappear, but on closer inspection, Nico has shrunk. If you think this diminishes his annoyingness, think again. Pendragon sends the kids on a mission into the woods to check up on a dark witch he hasn't heard from in a while. For some reason, this seems like a good idea. Uh, the kids go, taking Nico with them. But not the princess, since she's too famous and recognizable. The witch's house is made of gingerbread and candy, because of course it is. Inside, they find an invitation to a dark witch gathering where a new king will be crowned. This doesn't seem like a good thing to leave lying around. A bit incriminating. Even more incriminating, cages full of dead children's bodies. 
Of course, this is conveniently when local townsfolk show up looking to burn them a witch. They don't care that witch hunting and burning is illegal, even when Danny tells them that witches are people too, and hey, she's a witch. Like all vigilante mobs, these guys have no nuance or chill, so they grab up little Danny to go burn her. Dorian follows after them, but sends Nico on the back of his frog to go get Pendragon. We're treated to a flashback of Dorian and Danny's early childhood. They're warned that normies are dumb and violent, but it's all gravy because witches are going to have their revenge. In the modern day, Pendragon is all shrug emoji about helping the kids, which uh, makes no narrative sense. But a lot of this book's character motivations are head scratchers. So I'll just file this under, I guess, and move on. They only go to save the day because Princess Monica insists on it. They get a ride in Mark's van because guys named Mark always have vans at your disposal if you're cool, which none of these people really are. So Mark is a stand up guy. Danny's tied to a stake instead of light, but Princess Monica immediately tosses a bucket of water on the flames. She reminds them of the anti-witch burning law, and they decide to burn her, too, until Mark steps in and just starts beating up the ringleader. That's a solution way too many times. Just like, I'll just punch it. And they're like, works. (laughs) Um, Nico wants to know why Pendragon wants poor Danny to go up in flames, and he gives a wishy-washy answer about how he thinks he's not doing the right thing by helping the kids. Weren't you, like, looking for them? Pendragon assures us that this will make sense later, I guess. So, Danny's traumatized. She cries, and the only person she'll accept comfort from is Dorian. It's a long, silent van ride home. Princess Monica tries to cut the tension by pointing out how brave she was, but Dorian doesn't want to hear any self-congratulatory back-patting from a normie when his sister was nearly murdered. The tension persists the next day during lessons until Princess Monica can't take it anymore and proposes they have a beach day. While playing and having fun, Princess Monica finds out Danny has a crush on Mark and demands that they make a love spell. Every piece of media I've ever consumed tells me this is a bad idea. Meanwhile, Nico confronts Dorian about his issues with Princess Monica. He says it's unfair to blame the townspeople's actions on the princess, just like it's unfair to blame Danny and Dorian for the actions of the child-killing witch. If you think Nico's turned over a new leaf, don't. Dorian attempts to make Nico an embiggening potion, and it doesn't work, so Nico blows up and says shitty things. I really hate this character. Mark makes a delivery to the house, and Princess Monica suggests that he hang out so he and Danny can spend time together. So they hang out, and Mark tells Danny that he knows she's a witch, and that she's, but that she's safe with him. It would be a nice moment, but I'm kind of skeeved because Mark looks 20, and Danny is very little. And then Mark randomly drinks the potion unprompted, even though it's in a very obvious potion bottle. And he should at least ask to see what it does. And what it does is make Mark decide that he hates Danny and she needs to die. This reminds me of the first episode of Gundam Wing, and I laugh really hard. Sorry, Danny. (laughs) For anyone who hasn't seen the clip, it's when, uh, what was her name, Relena or whatever, she gives the dude an invitation to her birthday party and everyone like freaking golf claps for some reason. And then he like rips it in two and everyone's uh, horrified. And she does that anime girl like, why? And then she like wipes away her tear and goes, I'll kill you. <laughs> I had to go find the scene on YouTube to watch it again. Cause it's just so funny. And that's the only part of Gundam Wing I've ever seen. Just, God saying you'll kill her. Look, I don't... Who needs context? I don't need context. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop laughing. Anyway, your turn. <laughs> okay. Well, let's hear it. Do you like Nico? 
No, I don't really care about Nico. Thank you. Um, my favorite character, my favorite character is Carlo. The little derpy f- frog thing with his tongue sticking out all the time and like, just wall-eyed. Yeah, he's way less annoying than everyone else. <laughs> um, so the, the remote controlled airplane from the previous section, I didn't connect the dots as far as like what that meant for technology. So when I saw the van at the start of chapter nine, I was like, they're cars? This is a car book? This is a car book? <laughs> it really threw me for a loop there. Really? I don't know, because we had the plane and the train. I'm like, okay, well, and, and the school bus at the beginning, so why not a car? I guess I guess I forgot about the... You know, I just... I forgot about a lot of things once I turned the page. There wasn't See, a whole lot sticking here. No, that's funny. Um, there's cars? Like, there was a bus. Why wouldn't there be I guess cars? There, yeah, there's a bus know. on, like, page two. I don't know why I just ignored that. That's, like, literally how the story starts, is them missing a regular old yellow school bus. I know, right. isn't that crazy that the bus to Magic School is just a garden variety yellow bus? <laughs> wouldn't you expect, like, I don't know, the cat from my neighbor Totoro or something? <laughs> it's just, like, a bus. So, like, overall, the... The characters and facial expressions, their stuff are, are really on point. The one thing that I did have an issue with was uh, there are a couple scenes where uh, Danny is crying, but it does not look like tears welling up. It looks like she's suddenly put on like little librarian glasses that are just sitting under her eyes, and so I don't I don't read it as like really sad. I'm just like, ah, oh, cute glasses. Hold on, I'm sad and I can't see. Yeah, well, I was thrown off by crying like where. Like, is she three? Right. <laughs> but, yeah. You're right, though, about, like, M- Mark visibly looking way older than everybody else. Like, yeah. concerningly yeah. older. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, like Chris Hansen comes out. He's like, why don't you have a seat? <laughs> so you brought over desserts on your motorcycle. What did you think was going to happen today? I was going to deliver desserts. Like, you wouldn't even work on him because he's totally, like... Good or neutral intentions, like, all the time. But, anyway. Um, you're also correct about people's motivations being a little questionable, because there are several things... I mean, as far back as, like, the, um... Like, grabbing the dragon egg and that apparently, like, being a big thing, I'm just like, why are you... Why are you touching things? Like... Yes. There's a good amount of just because plot. Yeah. Or lots of character development just got walked back, and I was and I was like, is this just gonna keep doing that over and over? And because that sometimes happens, like because that's kind of the episodic nature of like shows. You know? Right, you can't have them progress like, oh, too much because then you can't yeah. tell the same stories. Yeah. So I was like, is this what's gonna happen? Because I cannot tolerate Nico being this way. When is it gonna stop? Yeah, I think that's about it for that segment. Okay. I'm sorry you have so much to say. There's there's just Well, I think you've had you've had some pretty tough ones, so it's <laughs> my turn, I guess, for to be miserable. Okay. So Mark's trying to murder Danny and Nico tries to intervene. Somehow he embiggens and is able to punch out Mark. Nico and Danny bring him all concussed or whatever into the house and put him in Dorian's room for the night. I don't I don't know why they did that. I mean like just like Send him home. <laughs> he tried to kill her. Is he going to get up in the morning and then get a knife? Like, come on. So in the morning, uh, Nico's small again. 
Pendragon says that since Dorian used squid ink for the embiggening potion, it goes by ocean rules, so Nico's size will fluctuate with the moon cycle like the world's lamest vampire. Um, Dorian finds out about a meteor shower from Mark and gets a map to a campsite. He tries to get time off from Pendragon so he can go, but he's denied. We're like, when did Dorian get super into astronomy? But it turns out that the campsite is near the Floating Rock Prison. And the meteor shower is at the same time as the Witch's Sabbath. Hmm. The kids try to sneak away, but they're caught by Monica, who insists on coming along. She doesn't actually know about the Sabbath, but thinks they're going on a camping adventure without her. So Monica's in, and Nico too. Sigh. We cut to the palace and see the king freaking out that Monica's gone. A Draco Malfoy type says he'll go looking for her, but we see his thoughts, and it seems like he doesn't actually give a rip about the princess. He just wanted to be out of the palace by the new moon. Huh. So, camping. Um, everyone splits up to do camping chores, and wow, bad idea. Monica ends up trapped in a tower after she heard like someone screaming for help, so she climbs up, and what should have been Rapunzel's hair, but it's a doll, I guess, and it disappears when she's up there. What a dirty trick. I'm actually really offended on her behalf. <laughs> Danny, meanwhile, meets a group of witches traveling for the Sabbath. They recognize her from the freaking wanted posters calling for her and Dorian dead or alive. Dude, they briefly possessed a dragon egg. What actually is going on here? Seriously, like, it, it, it's, it's almost like she was like, I gotta raise the stakes, but, like, I can't. They've already... What have they done so far that I can, like, peg it for, you know? Yeah. Um, some of the witches want to turn her in, but others are asking the same questions I am. <laughs> when one tough guy, well, they're like, seriously? Like, aren't they from a really, like, prominent family? What's going, like, they're all standing there debating about it. It's actually kind of funny. So, anyway, when tough guy decides he wants, wants to t- uh, track down Danny, who has wisely run away from them, uh, the palace Draco Malfoy turns him into a frog. Um, Danny isn't alone. She's got Nico with her. <laughs> When he asks why they're not going back to the campsite, she says that she doesn't want to lead the mob to the others. She confesses that due to her bad experience with spells, she's never working magic again, except once to embiggen, to embiggen Nico. Um, Dorian's been twiddling his thumbs at camp this whole time, wondering where everyone is. He finally goes searching once it's dark out and finds Monica in the tower, psyching herself up into using a broom for the first time as a mode of transport. Yeah, anyway, luckily Dorian shows up and she tosses the broom down to him with instructions to get Danny since she's the broom expert. But who's this guy carefully walking the broom up the tower wall to save the princess himself? Dorian! Uh, good for him. It was really cute, just like the way he'd prop the broom and like you just imagine his feet like walking up and then just doing I was just like, she's really smart. Yeah. Because he can kind of like, he can't really steer it or anything, it doesn't seem like, but like being aloft, he's able to do. Yeah. Um, the panel where he, like, finally reaches her balcony is, um, the most, like, Miyazaki-looking thing in this whole book. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was hit with that, too. When Danny's running away, she's like, I didn't think anybody would take this so seriously, and I wrote, thank you for also recognizing this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the princess okay. is. I don't think the princess is my favorite character, but I uh, I okay. like that. I like that she uh, the the artist is able to play around a lot with like her hair and her dress and stuff like that. Yeah. So like she hikes it up with the 
the like the cinches on the side when she climbs up the tower and stuff. So it's just like it's just a nice little visual treat doing stuff like that. Yeah, she's pretty. Yeah. All right. Am I moving on? Sure. All right. <sighs> Monica joins Dorian on the broom, and between the two of them, they're able to fly it reasonably well until they crash into a tree. While walking back to camp, they have a heart-to-heart about Monica's insecurities about her quest to save William. They bond, and I hope this character development isn't walked back like it has been over and over in this book. Uh, they find Danny and Nico just as the meteor shower starts. They get to admire it for a bit until they spot all the witchy cars on their way to the Sabbath. Dorian steers them away from the area and back to camp. They have a great time, and Danny thinks that Dorian has given up on his plan to join the witches. But no. Once everyone's asleep, Dorian wakes Danny so they can go. She protests, but chooses to follow her brother, since they really do need to be in the know when it comes to the witch community, uh, if only for their own safety. Monica finds the note they left when she and Nico wake in the morning. She des- Monica decides to go after them because she is ride or die. She hitches a ride with a, uh, in a teen goth witch van and tries to bluff her way into the gathering, but they see through her. Thankfully, they aren't evil witches. They're only here because refusing an invitation labels you as a traitor. So they disguise Monica, and honestly, her witch cosplay is really cute. It's great. Yes. It's such a good design. <laughs> yeah. But uh, things stop being great pretty fast. Once they arrive at Floating Rock, everyone's expected to fly up one by one on their brooms and cast the oath spell. Monica's nervous, but willing to give it a try when she's stopped by Pendragon. Pendragon is worried that if Danny and Dorian are already at the Sabbath, then all hope is lost. He says he had a vision of doom brought on by a witch rebellion that was led by either Dorian or Danny. They don't look that much alike. This guy's an idiot. Um, <laughs> but for all his suit. But for all his soothsaying, the kids aren't even there. They went home, only discovered the place destroyed, with the word traitor etched into the scorched walls. Meanwhile, Draco Malfoy cruises into the prison on a broom and turns the guards into various small animals. He releases all the captured princes, which includes Monica's fiancé, William. Draco is actually named Damien, so I wasn't terribly far off. Damien equips William with a sword so they could blow this popsicle stand. The Sabbath has begun, and our various protagonists see the whole Wit family. Oh, uh, yeah, Danny and Dorian's last name's Wit. I never said that, but anyway. Or White. We're going to go with Wit. Anyway, the whole, that whole family's tied up except for the twins, and they're tied up with red magical bindings. They're supposed to be offered up as a sacrifice to the best soothsayer in the land in order to ensure accuracy. Um, Monica wants to help save her friend's parents, and the embiggened Nico... New Moon, remember? So, he's big now. Uh, breaks loose from Pendragon to help. Just then, the soothsayer announces the name of the new witch king. Wit. Everyone's like, wait, what? The soothsayer's like, no, not a grown-up, a kid. The wits don't like that reveal, so time to release the dragons. Danny and Dorian show up and battle some evil witches in order to get up to the rock and save their parents. During the battle, they encounter William, who Dorian recognizes as the teen boy he and Danny escorted to prison. William's got no hard feelings, though. (laughs) During the battle, a dragon takes out the last evil witch trying to kill the twins. By its eye, Dorian recognizes the dragon as the egg he tried to steal. It just started hatching at the time, and that was long enough for it to to imprint on Dorian like a werewolf imprints on its friend's scary vampire baby. There's your one Twilight reference in this book. You're welcome. Um, 
to ride the dragon up into the flying rock and hop on. Unfortunately, Danny draws the attention of an, a dragon not inappropriately enamored of her brother. Uh, she kills it, I guess. And then the ground crumbles around the dragon's weight, and Danny goes tumbling over the side. Dorian grabs hold of her, but a wand strike breaks their grip, and then the two go hurtling into space. Yeah, most of the notes I have in this section are things that we've already touched on by this point, like how it's formatted in the webtoons version versus the print thing uh one thing i did see when i was uh doing a little bit of reading about the book is she was basically like her agreement for webtoons was uh as long as she turned in like it's like 20 to 30 panels in for each deadline, I don't remember if it was like a weekly deadline or something like that, she could basically write whatever story she wanted. Um, she had total creative freedom. But I do wonder if that deadline resulted in some of the things we see, like sections where there's just kind of no background, um, or like just very simplified storytelling that doesn't necessarily seem to have any like reason on a, on a, like a, a plot or a pacing level. Because um, there are some sections here that's like, there's a bunch of, like, fighting going on, but there's absolutely zero background. Like, the spread on 216 to 217 is just all white backgrounds. Um, and, I don't know, it feels a little like there's an opportunity there to do more with it. Um, Couldn't they have fixed that for the book? Yeah, that's the other thing, is, like, if you're rearranging stuff and all of that anyways, and you're taking the time to get it properly formatted for a book, why don't you just, you know, throw in some... Not, like, everything has to be super detailed, but you could throw in some, like, gradients or something to, like, give the impression of space and distance and tone in a different way. Um, Because it's kind of... There's some some sections of the book that feel kind of a little undercooked in that regard. Poisonally. Poisonally. For me, is this all right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it, by this point, I'm just like, like story-wise, I'm like, I, I feel like we went from like goofy apprentice hijinks to massive stakes, like almost. Well, it's, I think it's literally in the book overnight, but like it just kind of switched yeah. to that, and I'm just like, ah, yeah. I don't know. I was kind of more here for them, just kind of goofing around because I didn't really, I, I wasn't really believing the stakes as far as like how it was presented, but meh. Yeah. Should I move on? Yeah, I'm sorry. Alright. It's okay, it's okay. Um, so, uh, Dorian wakes, surrounded by chunks of ice. He looks for Danny first thing, and finds her injured and unconscious. Evil witches surround them, and Dorian prepares to kill them all with his magic. Monica finds him and stops him from mass murder. She chides him for not learning any healing spells, and Nico shows up with the van of goth teens. Or, and the goth teens uh, heal Danny and she's fine. And then the kids want to save their parents, but Bonica, Monica tells them that she saw that they were fine. What matters is getting the twins to safety, and that safe place will be Monica's palace. But then uh, Pendragon steps out to the road and crashes the van and takes everyone home, uh, locking the kids up while he works up the nerve to murder them. Sorry, <laughs> it's just Nico such an gets... odd like back and forth with his character. Yeah, I that I hate him just because of that. Um, but Nico gets Evans, the coffee shop proprietor, and Mark to come beat him up, so, like, Brit strength wins again, I guess. 
Monica's the only smart character, so she explains the whole Witch King thing, uh, Witch King prophecy to the kids, and why Pendragon thinks they should be killed. The kids are like, oh, that sounds like our brother Damien. Monica suddenly remembers a dude named Damien Witt. How do you forget a name like that? She's like, oh yeah, I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that oh. Damien Witt. Oh, Damien Witt. <laughs> I thought you said Glamien Witt. <laughs> Wouldn't you still know someone with our last name? And, okay, whatever, whatever, I don't care. Anyway, so she suddenly remembers a dude named Damien Witt who lives at the palace. And yeah, it's totally him. Even though Damien has white hair and pale blue eyes, and the prophecy said the witch child is dark-haired. Maybe he bleaches his hair and wears contacts, Monica, while keeping a low profile by using his real name. <laughs> I realized my own thing wasn't really holding up. Anyway, enough of that. Janie changes her look and starts working at the cafe. Dorian's pissed with her for giving up magic and works alongside Mark to make her work life miserable. And then the king announces a ball where everyone's invited, even witches. Uh-huh. Danny's disguise with her haircut and her overalls is also very cute. It's super cute, but when he's like, we don't even look like twins anymore, I'm like, you both have short you hair now. We're like twins. About. <laughs> I know! Outfits don't make twins. You don't You don't look at a bunch of basketball players on the court and you're like, that's some really tall quintuplets. How are we going to tell them apart? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and um, Mark's potion wore off eventually, so he doesn't want to murder her anymore, but every so often he's like, y'all... And then he goes, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. I'm, I, I'd not want to hang out with him anymore, but that's just me. Or like, if I was him, I wouldn't want to hang out with them. Just like, you like make weird random smells that do things. So I'm right. just going to be at my cafe. I, yeah, honestly, I, I could have done with like a, not like a book this big, but like a little thing of just like hijinks working at a cafe sort of deal with this. I think that could have been fun. Oh, yeah, something cute called the Cafe Witch. Yeah. And then she, like, she, like, tries to, like, shortcut stuff by, but, you know, and she's like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not doing magic, but I could, and then, yeah. Um, I don't know. And then, I, like, everything's on fire. Yeah, exactly. I, I, <laughs> that scene where they cut to her, like, just standing there and everything's a mess and there's, like, a couple fires. I'm like, how did she do that waiting tables? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's just, like, a goat walking through. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've I uh I've grown to appreciate like little slice of life storytelling like that where the stakes are very very low and it's just like people working and like interpersonal stuff, but it's not like high drama like everybody's all like catty and stuff. It's just kind of like it's just kind of pleasant. There's a uh, there's actually um it's a Japanese term. I'm pretty sure it's Iyashike, which uh it roughly translates to like soul healing and it's a subgenre of like like, manga and music and films and stuff that is... It, it's meant to be, like, nothing ever goes wrong. It's just supposed to be, like, really soothing. And so there's... Uh, I have a couple series about, like, ones about uh, high school girls who just start a camping club, and so they just drive to really scenic places in Japan and go camping and, like, make food on, like, an open fire and stuff. And it's not really about anything, but it's just... It's, it's a great palate cleanser and just so refreshing to, like, wind down with, and I, I, I've i really grown to appreciate that style of storytelling from time to time. Ah, uh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, 
Anything more about this before I move forward? Nah, go on into the apocalypse ball. Okay, sure. So, everyone's preparing for the ball, except Nico, who will be miniature, so he can't dance. He gradually gets pissed off at everyone since he feels left out. We get a flashback sequence to see that Nico's always felt this way. Nico was cursed as a small child, and his mother took him to Pendragon for healing. Her neighbors then burned her for a witch, since she wouldn't give Pendragon up as the source of her son's miraculous cure. Pendragon felt obligated to bring Nico up, even though Evans offered to take him. Nah, we can't let a child grow up in a loving home. He should be emotionally abused instead. Pendragon raises Nico, but shouts at him anytime Nico calls him dad. Which is like, why would you do that? He's like, oh, no, you can't handle two kids. I'm like, he can handle two kids. <laughs> why was I he acting it... like it's like, like, oh, no, you can't handle another kid and he already has like eight. It's like, it's just Mark. And Mark is like not a yeah. problem. Also, oh, I would venture to guess that's easier to go from having one kid to two than from having to go from no kids to one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like, all of Mark's old clothes is probably still laying around, so you can dress him that way. And, like, it's fine. And, he, and the guy even said, like, well, you know, Mark could use a little brother. So he would have been raised, like, that's my son. He would have treated him that way instead of Pendragon going, quit, quit calling me dad. I'm like, you signed up for this. They couldn't even come up with a cute name for him. Like, maybe not dad, but I'm Papa Pendragon. Like, that's kind of funny. Aw, Penny. <laughs> I know, Papa Penny. Can I make the, the the magic ball go scoot? I'm like, what? I don't know. I'm five. <laughs> so, anyway. And then Nico also grows up with Mark as a best friend. And that dude's, like, ridiculously handsome and perfect. And then along comes Dorian, who's perfect at every spell he tries, while Nico's kind of a mess. So can you blame the guy for having a chip on his shoulder? Um, when Dorian brings home magic beans, hoping to use them in a potion to restore Nico's height... Nico apologizes for his nonstop, tiresome, shitty behavior towards Dorian. And just like with Princess Merida, a sincere apology is what it takes to break the spell. Nico's restored to his original size, and he gets to go to the ball now. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, so the, belt, the ball happens. Uh, the king confronts, confronts the Wit twins, but only to offer them a home in the palace so they could be safe from their parents' influence. The king announces that everyone's welcome that he has no interest in uh, more bloodshed and war. Woohoo, party. There's a lot of petty jealousies and shit with our core group of buddies, but I won't be getting into it because I don't care. But important to note, William isn't present at the ball, and Damien makes a big production out of confronting Dorian and how he doesn't trust him. But I'm picking up on some homosexual subtext here that keeps me from writing Damien off as totally annoying. Yeah, I think he's in love with William, just my I, opinion. Yeah, I, well, I was... I was kind of surprised to not have, uh, like, any obviously gay members of the cast, just because it feels like the sort of book that would. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe in volume two they, they dig into that a bit more. So, one of the things that they changed when they moved this to print uh, is also they had... They redid the translation um, because I think the artist did the translation on her own and it was there were some questionable parts. Um, and uh, so they, they updated that, which largely improved the text. I didn't really I noticed a couple of like typos, but nothing that was like I that sentence structure is like completely broken. So that and the, the coloring like really helped as far as like lettering the comic 
Uh, when I will yeah. say say though that there are a few spots where the bubbles are not in an order that is intuitive for me to read, and so I would get yeah, confused same. a few times uh, as to what the pacing oh. of the the conversation was supposed to be. From what I understand, this is still as far as like the text element goes. This is the superior version of that, even though it might be the inferior version of the like artistic pacing. So it's 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 hard to know like. I, I would I would be interested in hearing people who read the the webtoons version first version first how they respond to it versus people who read the print version first and then decide to like look at the the webtoons version. Um, I don't know where I went with that. Um, adaptation differences. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I know where I want to go. I want to go to the end of this book. Um. Well, we we'll be there. Do you want me to take us there now? Yeah. All right. Um, the clock strikes midnight and all hell breaks loose. Witches had been hovering over the palace, disguised until the witching hour, as Damien called it. He's wrong, the witching hour is actually 3 a.m., but hey, he can make it be any time he wants because he accepts the crown of Witch King. <laughs> like, I even Googled it, I'm like, I'm pretty sure the witching hour isn't midnight, isn't it always been 3 a.m.? And Google's like, yeah, it's 3 a.m. Always has been. I'm like, okay, thank you. All right, anyway, um, the human king was ready for the attack, and his guards used ice magic on the witches. Where did they learn that? Pendragon. Are we supposed to like Pendragon? Because I don't. Anyway, there's a big battle, and one of the fun goth teen witches, Alex, is killed. Her death sends Danny into a Carrie White, kill them all murderous fugue that Nico stops for some reason. Uh, the kids escape the carnage by riding on the back of an embiggened Carlo. It should be whimsical and cute, but Nico and us, and, and we the readers, wonder, is Danny going to be the witch queen? I mean, no, Damien's took the crown, but, oh, whatever, I'm tired of making sense of all this. The end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it just ends with the kitchen, the queen. I'm like, no. Once again, I want my character written in. <laughs> like when he goes, midnight, the witching hour, and I'm like on the balcony, I go, it's not, as he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah the, the the witch queen of agmar uh yeah that's the end did you read the extras i did read the extras do they matter no they're just uh, it was back to everyone being annoying <laughs> it's a couple of 0.5 chapters just like little little interstitial scenes that i i am either the pacing didn't work uh or maybe she thought of them like she didn't have time to make them during the main part of the story and then added them in yeah. because she thought they were cool little bonus pieces um, like they're trying to dress Nico up as like a wizard or witch and like he ends up looking like a punk rock scarecrow honestly yeah and there's a whole thing about like witches always wear black and white but like Danny sleeps in like rainbow polka dot jammies, so yeah, not even. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some other thing that's supposed to like throw us into like the will they or won't they thing with um, Monica and and Dorian, which they won't. Like will they or won't they? I'm like I don't think so. <laughs> Either way, I feel like they're like they, there's enough of that in the text that I I'm not going to be swayed one way or the other by an extra three pages. <laughs> You're like, that's it. That's my ship. I'm in. <laughs> well, I was like, my ship is me and this book being over. I don't want to do notes anymore. I want to just read things. 
So yeah, that was uh that was hooky. Yeah. Um it wasn't bad. It's just I don't it wasn't right for us. Yeah. If I had a classroom, this would definitely be in it. Cuz oh, like yeah. a lot of the a lot of the reviews I saw were like younger people being like, "Oh my god, I spent like an entire afternoon reading all of it and then I want I heard the books were coming out and I was so excited to get the books and five stars everywhere and I was just like, "Oh, you're so excited for things. Bless your heart. I love you." So <laughs> you'll yeah. grow out of that. Um oh, or they'll be like this is as good as I remember it being and like nothing ever is once you lose that like enthusiastic use. Like I this is the first thing of this sort I've encountered, so it's my favorite and I'm imprinting on it like a little baby duckling or right freaking dragon in an egg right but, yeah i mean and like then you grow up and <laughs> read more stuff and then you know revisit the thing you fell in love with and you're like oh this this isn't as good as i remember it being yeah um when i first got into manga uh as a teenager i think i think the first manga i ever read was naruto and i reread it uh, like in college or after college or something like that because I never finished it because it wasn't done it hadn't been fully published when I kind of got out of my manga phase uh, when I was younger um, but then I went back and reread it and it's not it's not the best manga ever it's probably not even in like you know the top 15 or 20 best that I've read but like so much of the that those characters and that world and stuff just lives in my head because it was, they were the first ones there, so they got to like set up as yeah. much headspace as they wanted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they just like spread their blankets real wide, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I could definitely see that with uh, people who are just getting into comics and stuff like that. Like, I, I think this would this would make sense for one for somebody to kind of imprint hard on. I also think that uh, yeah. You said hard on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know if this is a thing that, like, entirely goes away when you get older and, like, have, like, encountered a lot more things, or uh, if it's, like, a personality-based thing, but I feel like a good portion of the people that really like this story are people that see more than what is, like, in the text, like... You know, they do a lot of extrapolating of the characters, and, and it's it's the same sort of mentality that gets people into, like, writing fan fiction and doing things like that, is where yes. you, you take you take the thing, and then you extrapolate past what actually exists, and that can kind of create a feedback of liking it more because of these things that you've, co- like, put into it. And that's not something that I personally do very frequently. There aren't terribly many franchises that I feedback into that way i for the most part i'm kind of like well what did they present to me and then i just kind of i have emotional reactions to that but it doesn't go further like i don't liking it does not become an activity in and of itself the way uh some people respond to things so i think that there's probably a good number of people who really like it because of that as well because they can imagine you know themselves in that world or or things like that um and that's cool. That's just not how I typically process things. Well, I read something. I wish I could remember what it was, but um, I read something about that fan that fandom phenomena where some franchises have a whole lot of uh, fan works and some don't. 
and it seems like the ones that don't are actually like don't have that many flaws and is just so well there's nothing to like for you to extrapolate upon like you were saying like it just kind of presents everything in like there's nothing else you need from it. And you're just like, okay, well, this is, I love this, but it's the flawed things where they're like, I can contribute to this. That's why there's like millions of stories and, and stuff for like supernatural, even though it's the worst fucking show in the world. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I don't like supernatural. And I think all the actors are suck. So there, except, um, that one guy who does like the weird um scavenger hunt who does like a weird scavenger hunt for charity every year like that guy's okay like everyone else can suck it though i have never watched supernatural I, I, I can't believe i'm so venomous about it i watched one episode and said this sucks but then like the everyone just talking about how amazing it is i'm like no it's not it felt very emperor's new clothes to me i'm like how is no one else seeing it this is bad right no but. i i understand that i think that that's i think <laughs> most people have a response to that about something or other, uh, where you're right. just like, how in the world, like, cause then you have a brief, you have a brief moment, or at least I have a brief moment where I'm like, am I missing something? But then it's like, no, no, no I'm not. I, I'm the only one who thinks clearly here. Y'all are crazy. Like, that show was on the air for 15 years. Yeah. And think of all the good shows that showed up and like you were just loved that were canceled after one or two seasons. But then that dreck just kept going on year after year after year. It was, it was, at first yeah. it was funny, but then it got infuriating and then it turned around to funny again. So. Right. Was, there, there was a, a show with a vaguely similar premise. And by vaguely, I mean, uh, people solving supernatural, like crimes and mysteries, which is not a new was thing. Was this grim? Uh, no, it wasn't grim. That one. Oh, Sleepy Hollow? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We just keep going. It was X Files? Um, no, there oh, was. I like. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I haven't watched any of those shows. Is the point that I'm making? I can't comment on okay. those ones specifically. But, um, I really liked Reaper. That one was really cute. It was about, Ooh. it was about three guys and and a woman that they originally worked together at basically like a Walmart or something. And then one of the guys discovers that his dad made a deal with the devil for the son's soul. And so in order to, like, buy back his his own soul, he has to go and, like, catch, like, escaped demons and things like that. Um, but, like, the, the character dynamic allowed. is... Huh? That shouldn't be allowed. The what? dad doesn't own that soul. Oh, yeah. It's not his soul. <laughs> he shouldn't get to do that. Well, you know. He needed a supernatural lawyer to come step in and go, okay, look. And that's, like, the se like the series finale. <laughs> is that happening? Um... But it it got canceled after two seasons, and uh, yeah, I thought that I it was a the, really cute show. I remember the furor around that happening; like people were really mad when that show was canceled. I never watched it when it was coming out, but I discovered it. Uh, I discovered it on Netflix back when, back in that era of Netflix where it was the digital streaming Netflix, and they had a handful of like well-known things. But then they also it was also kind of like you just went into the wild west of just weird things they had licenses for. Yeah. Um, oh, was, yeah, it was just all this random mishmash of just garbage, and you had to sift through it to find the gems. Yeah. I remember that. But, like, I found that one, and I started watching it at, like, you know, like, 10 o'clock at night, and I was still watching it, like, 4 in the morning. I'm like, this is really fun. Why did this get canceled? <laughs> <laughs> Why did this get canceled? Because it was not supernatural. 
That's I, why. I, the, the main characters must not have been attractive enough. I'm sure that's Maybe. part of it. Not Probably. all of it, but... I mean, I personally don't find either of those main actors remotely attractive in Supernatural, but... I know that's just me. A lot of people think Jensen Ackles is really hot. I don't, but whatever. <laughs> Jensen Ackles raises my Jensen Hackles. <laughs> Apparently, it's coming out really bitter. I swear to God, they really don't have that much real estate in my mind, like, ever. <laughs> but it just comes up like Supernatural, I go, ah, that damn show. <laughs> you just have, you have a bunch of Maras just, like, standing in your head, and then the one's just in the back just silently holding up a sign that says, Supernatural sucks wang. And once in a while, someone looks over and acknowledges her and goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they move on. That's about the extent of it. So yeah. I don't I don't know why this episode, I'm just blowing up about it. <laughs> if you like Supernatural, I don't hate you. I'm not like 15 anymore and like base my opinions on people uh, based on like their media they consume. I'm, I'm not that way. So don't worry. I don't think like, oh, they just have poor taste. I don't know. I'm just trying to like head off any like because I know it's a very the very popular vehicle and i don't want to get like everyone upset at me and like you check the email and you're like wow we got like 20 messages and they're all telling you you just didn't understand supernatural or like or you're just a bitch this is why we go viral because <laughs> she went on a 10 minute tirade about supernatural uh, but anyway uh we we didn't read a supernatural book we nah, read hooky we so. read hooky and it was like all right i say it a low three yeah it's it's a three for, like, most of the artistic choices as far as character design and coloring and things like that. And uh, a handful notch. of... That stuff was yeah, awesome. Yeah, that stuff's fantastic, and there were a few cute scenes. Um, but the, 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 the plot was... I, I lost the plot a few times, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very... Oh, I didn't mention it in my notes, but, like, the cutest scene, the scene I really want to give props to, is that part where they're running around the house trying to find their room... And there's like a cross section of the house in the different yeah, rooms. Yeah, that was really good. There. Yeah, I like. I really liked that. That was really nice. There, ending on a positive note. <laughs> ah, so yeah, that was hooky. Next month, uh, we're not going to be reading anything. It's going to be our our holiday. We don't read things because we have enough crap going on, uh, and we're going to be doing a special episode. Um, and it's it's a little bit. Different from most of the other special episodes we've done, um, but hopefully y'all find it interesting. And then we will uh, resume standard reviews in January with a novel called The Vanderbeekers of 141st Street, which is the first book in a series uh, that looks like, uh, you know, I I don't know too much about it, so I don't want to talk it up too much, but it may kind of fill a little bit of that, like, Penderwick's low stakes realistic fiction uh hijinks vibe that we 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 enjoy having around from time to time. Yeah, uh it we 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 I we needed a way to break out of like the um kid horror and like <laughs> spooky stuff cuz we've just been like spooky summer, spooky autumn. So it was time to like let's stop. So that's yeah. why I suggested this book. Yeah, we're going we're going but, from we're going uh from spooky summer to uh, realistic winter. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to skip fall. It was it was freaking bats. Fall. Love Halloween. <laughs>
love her. Ava, she's so good. But anyway, um, three stars to Hooky. Check it out. I would recommend it, especially if you're, like, into, like, cute things. Yeah. That sounds so, like, condescending. I don't I don't mean it like that. Just sometimes yeah. you're in the mood for, like, something cute to look at, and you just want to have a little fun. And I think this would be perfect for that. Yeah. And it doesn't really hold up to closer scrutiny, which is what we did. So, you know, you can just enjoy things sometimes. Yeah. And also, don't read the whole book in, like, three days like I did. Space it out no, a little bit. space it out. Like, read a little bit here and there. That's how this was meant to be consumed. We consumed it all wrong. Because we're fools. It's it's kind of the same thing as, like, uh, what Netflix and stuff has done to television. Is, like, there's a right. difference between binging a series that all releases at once versus binging a series that was meant to be watched once a week. It completely changes the storytelling pacing. Yeah. And sometimes it makes it a lesser experience, so. Like, I... My spacing it out for one series, like, I remember everyone loved uh, The Haunting of Hill House. It was really great, and that is kind of like a bingeable show. And then the follow-up, not really follow-up, because it had no real link to the first thing, was like The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, I watched that, like, a day at a time, and that was broken up enough that it was just... Everyone just felt like it was so samey, and I was like, because you watched it all in one sitting. Like, yeah. If this was designed, yeah, I, I don't know if television really should be watched all in one clump like that, but then when they do break it up on their postings, I get angry. I, <laughs> so. I bet that somewhere out there, there is a, like, a, a blog reviewer that categorizes TV shows as you should binge it or you should space it out. And okay. you probably, they, they probably don't have like a ton, a ton of like readers or anything, but this is important to them. And, uh, I want to find them because I, <laughs> I would love to, I would love somebody to tell me which ones are like, you're going to have a better experience if you do it one way or the other. Yeah. But yeah. So enjoy our, our weird, uh, December episode and, uh, We'll be back to back to Normsies in January. Um, I can't believe we're already recording like November's episode. <laughs> I know it's like early September right now, you guys. That's how far ahead we are. Like the Queen just died, so we're still kind of reeling from that. Dude, everybody has so many more opinions about the Queen than I I knew. Like I didn't realize. Like everybody at at school just has so many like hot takes about the Queen, and I'm like. I didn't think the queen mattered to you. Like, why were you thinking so much about the queen? <laughs> you think so much of a figurehead of another country you don't even belong to. Literally, the only thing that went through my head was I was vaguely disappointed because I kind of wanted to see her son go his entire life being next in line and never getting to be king. <laughs> That's how I felt, too. That's what I'm I'm like. Ah, oh, he got it. I knew he wanted it. Oh, it's annoying. <laughs> I didn't want him to get it. <laughs> but he's like 73, so like he won't have it long. Like the women are long lived in that family. I don't know. Oh, wait, didn't Prince Philip last Pr until yeah. like. He was like. Even after he died. He was he, still going. That's he, a mean joke about how bad he looked, but. I, I want to say he was like 98 or something like that. He was. Well, he was older very, than her. Very old. Um, yeah. Some would Prince, say decrepit. Prince Philip? 
Prince Philip, right? Yep. Uh, he was... Holy beans. He was 99. 99? A lot he of people just stopped and just short of 100. He was two months away. It was like Betty White. Wasn't she like a day away or something? And he was like, oh, uh, it was definitely less on? than a month. Like, it was to the point where they had yeah. already started printing her 100th birthday, like, Time magazine or something like that. Oh, no. That's like like the, the losing Super Bowl jerseys ending yeah. up, like, being donated. Donated, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but anyways, I, I we read a book. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. Uh, hello, fellow oh, wait, kids. Is, hello, fellow kids is hosted by Mara and Josh, produced by Josh. Music provided by Ben Ash. Visit him at benash.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're on Twitter and Instagram sometimes at HFK Podcast and uh, on uh, email uh, HFKPodcast at gmail.com. And we will. Uh, I mean, we'll kind of see you in December, but realistically, we're mostly going to see you in January uh, with the Vanderbeekers of 141st Street. Bye! Bye!